Welcome to Generations Generations of, of X, part two, take two, because the computer messed up and now we're here again. <laughs> Welcome to Generations of X's special WandaVision variety show, starring me, Demanda Martini. I've said this for months now, in this quarantine, computers are tired, the internet is tired. I understand. But yes, so this is take two. We've done this before, but now we're back again. And hopefully we get it right this time. One your spell, and here we are again. And we get to Kiki with Demanda Martini again. Wait, wait, Demanda, Demanda, let me give you a proper introduction. Okay. Demanda Martini is a DC area drag performer, cosplayer, theater artist, and hostess of Eleanor's New Deal Cabaret, a musical theater cabaret that performs throughout the DMV and is a former Captain Green Lantern 2018 with LGBT HQ, the hub of everything gay at Comic-Cons. <laughs> That's right, come on bio. Um, yeah, so hi. I'm, uh, for those of you who don't know me on this delightful podcast, I'm Demanda Martini. Um, I have been, uh, oh, I, so I, I, like, I've been doing drag and cosplay and theater costumes for the majority of my life, it seems now, um, a long time. And it's like, just the fact that I get to just get dressed and talk about nerd shit is just literally like my favorite thing. Like th this is my favorite thing. So thank you guys so much for having me on here. Again, <laughs> yes. And we're so, so thrilled to have you and for, for again. And uh, for those of you listening, not, not watching the video on YouTube, which it is also on YouTube. If you're, if you're just listening to us, stop what you're doing and go check it out. Uh, Demanda is dressed as the fabulous Wanda Maximoff, and not just any Wanda Maximoff. She is classic Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, full headpiece Wanda Maximoff. I'm living for it. Girl, look so, at your headpiece. <laughs> so my so my favorite thing. So the last time we recorded this, and I was in this nonsense getup. I have, I have a, you know, group chats with friends and um, one of them is with a group of drag queens that I have met over quarantine. We did a competition together called Mix Quarantine. And the organizer of that competition, Logan Stone, shout out to Logan Stone. Um, she's also a little nerdy, um, not obviously quite as nerdy as I am, but she's a little nerdy. And so when I posted the picture, she messaged me privately and was like, hey, I just, I don't know, this is a little shady, but I just have a question. And I was like, what? She's like, I have been looking and uh, Wanda's headpiece doesn't go underneath her chin. I have been looking and I can't find any images. And I was like, oh, I sent the 14 reference pictures that I had yeah. saved on my phone being like, it's the original 1964 design by Jack Kirby uh, in Uncanny X-Men number four. So it's okay, boo. Like, <laughs> Listen, you do not mess with an X fan. Like we so, will I mean, send you the bibliography. Like you will know that we are correct. Like, I wasn't like upset. It was like, obviously most people know Wanda from, um, you know, like late, like later things, which is fine. Yeah. Um, you know, people who, you know, read the comics, obviously she hasn't worn this headpiece and years math math is hard and um and you know or or the movies where she doesn't wear a headpiece like at all you know whatever yeah. so like, i get it it's fine so yeah so so my my drag and my cosplay is like really rooted in either classic or like super lesser known um cosplays and outfits by uh, of certain characters and um like i've done polaris but I've done Bride Polaris where she wore that bride outfit oh, for like yes. an issue and a half. Yes. <laughs> yes. Justice for Nurse Annie. Jesus, oh, she was coming Lord. for Nurse Annie's blue wig. Yes, she was because she deserved it. <laughs> no, I'm Nurse, I, I, Nurse I, Annie on this. 
no, no, buy nurse Annie. She's got to go. She right. Go. Thank you. Thank gotta go. She's obsessed with she nurse Annie. They sent her packing. With yeah. And her creepy evil son who was friends with Cassandra Nova. Yes, exactly. <laughs> poor, poor nurse Annie. Just, she was the only one who actually gave poor Paige a good talking to about blood transfusions and how what Angel did wasn't romantic at all because she was the only one with consensus there. Um, so yeah, valid. However, she was all like, oh, I'm in love with this man who's in a coma and he loves me. Right? No, girl, nah. He was no. Like, like, come on, that is like, like a straight ugh. man fantasy right there. It was so, right there. Like, so stupid. It was so okay. stupid. I was like, you know what? You know what? You look absolutely <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Let's go. We need to there. get back to the Polaris dress is what uh, we need to do. So, yeah, so see that. I, I, wore, I wore that um, wedding dress at Dragon Con uh, last year. And I got, people didn't really know, obviously. Um, a few people did. I will say the few people did. I mostly got people being like, Dragnito, Dragnito. <laughs> I mean, it's a cute, cute. Yeah, I'm like, you know, that's fine. Um, but when people like, I just they're like, they're like, I don't, they're like, I don't get this Magneto costume that you're doing. I'm like, well, because I'm not Magneto. I'm Polaris at her wedding when Havoc left her at the altar and she went a little crazy and tried to kill everybody. And they were like, oh, shit, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> wait, they didn't see the green hair? Like, and I think I think people just didn't. They didn't click her. She literally wore it for an issue and a half. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> that's long enough. Okay. <laughs> so my my favorite part is um, when I was when I was making that costume, um, I I was just on the hunt for like a wedding dress. I'm like, I just need a wedding dress that I can just like chop off the bottom of. I don't care what size it is because I can just take the skirt and you know make it work or whatever. Because yeah. usually wedding dresses are like a hundred feet long regardless. So, so I found this dress, we, we locked off the skirt. I was looking at reference photos and in the pictures, uh, Lorna has red flowers on the bottom of her skirt. And so the skirt that I got, I was looking at it and it had this lace flowers around the bottom. So cue to me, four days sitting on my couch with a red marker. Oh my <laughs> god! god. Did for that. Every single one of those. GD oh my flowers. god! But when you look at the picture, you're like, oh, like that is a great detail. So people think that I just like sewed like a red. No, I your secret is safe with us. <laughs> you got a Crayola marker and you just went through it like that. Well, so I, I I used a fabric pen. So I was gonna say a little nicer. But like, so have you guys ever been to Dragon Con? No, no, no I haven't, but I want to so, so bad. Dragon Con is insane. It's five hotels in in Midtown Atlanta. It's or downtown Atlanta. It's ridiculous. So it's yeah. mostly like escalators and like walking through different places or whatever. So I have this train of a wedding dress on <laughs> escalators in heels, <laughs> just walk with uh, this helmet that I can't see. I have no periphery vision. In. I, I, I'm sure that dress stayed sparkling white the whole so, time. So but I just want to know, like, what do people think when they see you descending upon them? I mean, pe people are like, oh, it's like, like, but, but I, I would have an audible gasp moment. But, I'd be like Helen Lovejoy, I'd be like, oh. <gasps> But at the same time, like every cosplay at Dragon Con is like that, though. Right. Like, because that's that's like a con where people just like bring it out. So a lot of people bring like so. So Dragon Con is technically like one night and then four days. People bring like twelve to fifteen costumes and just like continuously change for different photo shoots for like just to walk around on the floor. And another amazing thing is that people just walk around with alcohol in their hands. <laughs> I love it. Um, I do that at your Comic Con. I just grab like a drink and just walk around with it. <laughs> um, and so this was also one of the first cons where I was not uh, working for LGBTHQ, so I could walk around drunk. <laughs> because you know when you're like when you're working at a booth, there's there's a difference. Like you know what I mean? Like you know you're totally you're, totally. Um, but uh, and as because it's twenty four hours. It's and, wait, wait, it's 24 hours? The... Yeah, it's yeah, like the party is like 24 hours. I got like you. it doesn't stop. So the hotels all hire DJs that are in like the lobbies. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think the bars eventually close, but people are just like 
out and about. And wait, wait, wait. Like, like, that's the only it. thing I know about Dragon Con is that it's the cosplay convention and it is one big fucking party. Yeah. Yeah, wait, I don't want to segue. So you're on the dance floor in like Polaris, like left at the altar mm-hmm. and busting some moves and like <laughs> bars. Like I would get it. But because but, that, that was my daytime look. <laughs> that was like my what daytime. What was the nighttime look? Yeah, my, my nighttime look was Disco Dazzler because Dax and I had a gig at Mary's. Okay. Um, so I did a Xanadu medley. Oh, I perfect. How, I mean, literally perfect. Yes. Um, what else would you well, because well, Kylie, Kylie's new album hasn't come out yet. Not yet. Um, but, oh. <laughs> Someday um, when we're out in public again. Please do the whole album start to finish. I Dazzler cosplay. Okay, we're gonna have to talk about that in a second. Like I have so many things planned for. Uh, <laughs> um, but but anyway, so um, what was I saying? What was I saying? Um, but yeah, so people just like change costumes all day. So I brought nine costumes, nine cosplays, and I only wore seven of them. It's exhausting. It's yeah. exhausting. Um, and well, yeah. I was gonna ask, what does the travel look like? How many carry-ons do you have to check in? So, well, I so I, I live on the East Coast. I live in the DC area. So I drive to Atlanta. Oh, I so I have very lovely friends, uh, Logan and Sean, who live in Midtown. So I I went down early, hung out with them for a day or so. They dropped me off at the hotel, so I didn't have to park there. Um, then I did the con and then they came and picked me up from, from the con and then I stayed another day to like rehydrate and (laughs) (laughs) catch your breath a little, but, but actually I should, I should have done that. But instead, do you know what I did? I got back into disco dazzler and we did a photo shoot all around midtown Atlanta. I mean, because for those of you who don't know, there is a disco dazzler mural at disco Kroger in Buffalo. Yes. And so okay, I so like, I just learned about that like two weeks ago, and I I have all this time off for work over the holidays, and I'm like, we are taking a road trip to Kroger. And yes, Disco like, Kroger. Mm, so it's, be- it's better than Murder Murder Kroger. So it's called Disco Kroger um, because there used to be a discotheque at that spot, and the original disco ball from the from the club is hanging up in the Kroger. Oh. And so on the side of the Kroger. Um, they hired this artist named named Dax, not Dax Dax, but right, another right. guy, um, to do a disco mural. And it's Dazzler and uh, Saturday Night Fever and a big disco ball. And it's amazing. When I was helping Logan and Sean move to Atlanta, they already knew that I was like, you know, this huge X-Men nerd. And so Sean is, he's he's a great navigator and he like researches stuff and like finds out like the best places to go and all, you know, all these things. He's just like, he's the guy on the phone. Well, me and Logan are like in the front seats because I'm usually driving, Logan's in the front seat, Sean's in the back. So like well, we're kikiing and whatever. Sean's usually in the back being like, okay, I'm gonna figure out what we're doing, whatever. <laughs> and he found out that there was Disco Kroger and he knew that Dazzler was my favorite character and was like, oh, Demanda, like we need to go to Disco Kroger. So the very first time I went to Atlanta, uh, we took a tour of like, you know, all of this stuff and uh, Disco Kroger was on it. So I already knew it was there. So then I went down for Dragon Con. I was like, this is what time. I need to do because I, I knew that I was already bringing Disco Dazzler. So I was like, well, obviously I need it. Obvi, obvi. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we are here with the fabulous Demanda Martini tonight because we are celebrating WandaVision, which is premiering on Disney Plus on January 15th. Woo! Yes. Before we dive into our discussion and stuff about Demanda, I want to know because on the Disney Investor Day, they released a new trailer for WandaVision and I was blown away by it. I literally, I, I, I love Wanda and objectively, I thought this was such a great trailer. So mm. I want to ask Flink first what your thoughts were on that trailer, and then Demanda, I want you to open up the gates and tell us what you thought of it. Okay. I mean, I thought it was, it's, I have no idea what this show is going to be, you know, because they have all these vignettes with the 50s and the 70s and the the, the present day, but what I got from it this time that I didn't get from, you know, the little clips in the first trailer was that perhaps they're not here of their own free will. Uh, I always kind of assumed it was it was Wanda and the Vision trying to escape the superhero life and you know live the life that they 
that they never, you know, got to have as just like a normal married couple. But there was like a far more sinister tone, uh, I think, to the, to this trailer, and that that has me, especially when when Monica Rambeau popped in and she's like, "I don't know who I am." Um, you're gonna get me with anything, Monica Rambeau, but like a Monica Rambeau mystery, like I I I gotta say, I was I was pretty sold on it. Well, I think. I, I'm curious if they're going to do an adaptation of the Vision and Scarlet Witch miniseries, the the first volume, and they're gonna they're gonna look at it through that lens that maybe Wanda created this virtual reality for herself. But Amanda, I want to know your thoughts. So no. I thought but, Catherine Hahn in it looked very to to Flint's point looks very sinister in it. Yes. So. Funny story. So I, um, so I, I, I had this look made for um, my Halloween show, which again, the last time that we did this was before my Halloween show. So like my, or, or was it after? Because, no, I think it was before. It was before, I think. Um, Cause had, like, had you guys seen the number that I did with this? Have you guys seen my music video? I have before? seen your music video. I've seen it now, but no, at the time it didn't. Um, so again, I don't remember, but so when I was filming that, like when I literally like created the, this, this look and like working on it, um, the first trailer dropped and I was like, shit, that's like my idea for the music video that I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did the uh, Bewitched one, right? It's yeah. yeah. So, so like my, so the music video that I did is uh, like a little like Bewitched thing. And, um, and like literally when, when the trailer dropped, I was like, oh, well, I'm glad that I, I took pictures of me and my friend Austin that I painted up his vision. And I totally made like a WandaVision like picture. And it was like coming out in 2121. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like here it is. Like I am apparently like on, I'm on some wavelength. So I uh, kind of agree with Dayspring. I think that because Wanda's powers in the MCU are very ill-defined right yeah. now. Like she's had like this little bit of like weird telepathy, which doesn't like, cause like her powers come from the Mind Stone, but so did Quicksilver's and yeah. you know, whatever. And, but, but like the telekinesis part is kind of like, you know, what, what, what her defining thing has been so far. I think that due to all of like the nonsense that that's happened and the sort of like, already weird converging timeline that has happened with them taking the um, all the stones and her destroying the mind gem. I think that maybe she's actually figuring out how her powers work or maybe she doesn't and she's subconsciously like, you know, doing so, the stuff. I, I'm right there with you. I think subconsciously she's endured a lot of trauma. Her brother's dead, mm. she herself was dead, her lover is dead, everything that happened at Civil War. So I think subconsciously her powers are operating on a mm -hmm. level and she's created this little cocoon for herself and That's it's gonna adapt when they were in New Jersey yeah. and we're gonna find out that she's, I, I think Agatha or Agnes, whatever Catherine Hawkins character is called, is holding her there as well and sort of has discovered Wanda's power, however it plays out. But we do know that WandaVision is gonna be the first out of a three part story that's gonna continue in Spider-Man 3 and Doctor Strange 2. Yes. So I think that her powers that, I, I think it's like a bit of a mix of like, they're like pulling from the two different stories of the first uh, Scarlet, Witch, Scarlet Witch and Vision miniseries where they're, you know, living like their suburban life and she makes herself pregnant and blah, blah. Cause remember like when she made herself pregnant before, Okay, so did that from like sheer force. Wait, 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 wait. But I want to just point out because I'm such a Wanda stan that <laughs> that she actually even calls it out, and she's here like, "How did I make myself pregnant?" And everyone, even Doctor Strange, is like, "Wanda, don't worry about it. It'll be fine." It's like I guarantee it'll be okay. It won't be. It won't I mean, be. Come on, the Avengers. <laughs> the Avengers track record with taking care of their female members. Oh, is I mean, hello. Yes. What are your hopes? Do you think that she's going to be revealed as a mutant? And because they said they're going to explore her powers. So of those I powers. mean, I'm I'm still I'm still sorry. My headpiece is being stupid right now. Um. So I so I think that what's going to happen is is that she's create. So I think they're pulling from the um, first Vision Scarlet Witch and sort of like um, Heroes Reborn, where like she's created a pocket universe. Um. Okay. And like, you know, she's probably like created like some sphere, which is why like the shield people and Monica Rambeau are like trying to get inside to find out 
well, what the F is this? We should find out like what's going on. Um, so I think that's kind of what the storyline is. And I, and I think you, you might be right where the Agnes slash Agatha Harkness slash whoever Catherine Hahn is, is sort of like, oh, here's this super vulnerable person and she might be, I don't know, some sort of psychic or witch mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's sort of like manipulating her to figuring out like what this kid can do. And I think what's going to happen is that through all, all of WandaVision, she's going to like shatter the multiverse, which is yeah. then what happens in Spider-Man 3. And then, you know, um, so I I don't know, like, so technically, which, you know, we haven't really gotten to like Wanda's history yet, but like technically Wanda is now not, you know, in current continuity in the comics, a mutate, not a mutant. Yeah. And so and I, I that was done because, I mean, the way most people read it as when that happened in Axis, or X-axis, whatever that crossover mm-hmm. was called that Rick Remender did, which Flink loved so much. Oh, I just love Rick Remender. Um, I think we 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 acknowledge it was done because of the film rights. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely it was. Yeah. I wonder if they will use Wanda as a conduit there. But before we dive into more <laughs> Wanda. <laughs> we're like so ahead of ourselves. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk listeners, we're gonna talk so much about Wanda. <laughs> I wanna know about Demanda a little Ooh. bit. And Demanda, can you tell us your first encounter with the X-Men? So my first encounter with the X-Men, so uh, it was like, picture it, Tooele, Utah, 1990. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So actually it was like, I think it was actually 1991. Um, But my, so the the first Marvel trading card set had already come out and the second one was just released. Um, And my, my cousin had, you know, a bunch of trading cards and um, I was just going through them and I came across Arthur Adams trading card of Shadow Cat. <sighs> and it's just like the, her cute little face yes. with her dumb blue mask and she's holding Lockheed. And I'm like, she looks cute. <laughs> so I turned the card over and I was reading it and I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, this sounds cool. Like party, like whatever. And so I'm like continuing going to through, I came across Rachel Summers, uh, <gasps> Phoenix. So she was just Phoenix at the time. Um, in her like red hound costume. And I was like, ooh, this girl's on fire. Um, cue, cue the music. Um, <laughs> and uh, are, 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 we not <laughs> are we not on World of Wonder where we just like edit in nonsense? Um, and, uh, and I was like, oh, she looks cool too. Like she's got the spikes down the front. Like she looks pretty badass. And I turned it over and they were both on Excalibur. And I was like, oh, these two are like, on the same team like this is awesome and then like they used to have like the little like fun facts at the bottom yeah and uh it was like uh she's the daughter of Jean Grey and Scott Summers from X Factor and I was like oh so I was like there's like more to this okay history here so um my cousin because I liked Shadowcat and and Phoenix gave me those cards and um also gave me Excalibur I believe it's number 11, which is literally the issue right before the cross time caper. Yeah. So, yeah um, it is. It's uh, so it's after Courtney Ross has already been replaced by Saturnine. Um, the train is there. And so like the um, light, who was it? The lightning, the, what the, the light is it the, the, the lightning force, the evil Nazi Excalibur. Light, I think it's lightning force. Yeah. 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 And so like they were there and the evil uh, Nazi warrior McTaggart was there. And so they were trying to get them to get back to their um, earth or whatever. And also that's the issue that um, it was just after fall of the mutants happened and the soul sword appeared outside of the Excalibur lighthouse. And so Kitty's the only one that can use it because as we know from Inferno when she used it then. and Rachel is like, screw this, I'm gonna pull this out. And so she like full like tries like Excalibur it like out of the rock and it wouldn't budge. And so Kitty's just like, whatever, I don't want it. And so then the soul sword just stays there forever and then you know never heard of until like I think Amanda Sefton like all of a sudden is magic. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> magic now. But anyway, yeah. So that was like my introduction. And some of the first X-Men comics that I read, like X-Men X-Men, was uh them going to Shi'ar space, the uh, that whole scroll saga, um, which was like super confusing. Like I had no idea what the F was going on, obviously. Um, 
But then, so like the the other set of trading cards came out, but then like what really got me into it and like really like got me to start knowing who characters were was the Jim Lee um, X-Men trading card set. So not the ones where it's like the different characters, but the ones where it explained the story. So it was just like images from yeah. the comics yeah. where the, the, the card started out with my favorite issue of all time. I have it framed and signed by Chris Claremont. Um, Uncanny X-Men 256, which is the infamous body swap um, issue okay. uh, of Psylocke. Yeah. So yeah. my favorite Betsy, side note, is the blonde Betsy from that issue where she's wearing that <laughs> stupid black leather suit that's like down to her navel. And she was like blonde hair getting out of the car. And she's like, whatever, Douglas, grow up. And it's like, <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. I, lo I love that. I love it. Um, so I love your origin story because I we've spoken about this before. I started off with the trading cards as well. Mine were the 94 Fleer Ultras and it was Rogue. And you have that curiosity when you're reading it because you just want to, it's like almost pulling like a thread and you want to yeah. know where it goes. And it's because, so much. And the thing is, I think that's why I like the trading cards because it's like glamour shots. It's like this, it's like this, putting this character in the best light. Because also, if you remember, um, like comic books at that time, back in my day, um, <laughs> like it, like Jim Lee and like that sort of era, not just Jim Lee, but like, you know, that era that, you know, and like a lot of those guys that eventually went to Image. Right. Like, that's yeah. when like the art became like, we need to have like these splash pages and like full body images and like these crazy action shots and all of that stuff. Like that was like that era. So like the trading cards was like that sort of like, oh, people really like these. So we should put like these kind of images in the books kind of a thing. It was yeah. a thirsty era. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, and the swimsuit issues. I was about to say that. Duh. Well, you have a surprise coming up when we ask you to read some X-Men. <laughs> As a big Rachel Summers fan, I'm happy that she was your gateway drug into the mm -hmm. X-Men. Um, she's certainly uh, an interesting one. I don't think she's one that would appeal to to just any old any old she person passing by. Second X Men cosplay. Oh, yeah, she was. She was. She was my second Rachel Summers. Fabulous. Well, so we know you love Rachel, and and you know, I I suppose you already answered this question a little bit earlier. If not with this fabulous Demanda Martini shirt. Go to Redbubble. It's my, Redbubble, my, my, available now. Yeah, it's my link tree on my, on my Instagram. Um, so my favorite yes. is Dazzler, which of we course. talked about. Um, you know, as we, we were going through. this in another life. <laughs> talked about in another life and 20 minutes ago when I was like going off about <laughs> wandering around Atlanta. Disco Kroger. Yeah, and Disco Kroger. Um, which again, still better than Murder Kroger. Guess how it got. Guess how it got its name. Hmm. Um, oh, Atlanta! Such a fun and interesting town. Um. So no, Dazzler is my favorite. So in that same trading card series, I also found Dazzler eventually in there, and I was like, oh, she's like a singer, and she can turn sound into light. I was like, that sounds like a party. That sounds cool. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, one of my first Dazzler issues was Fall of the Mutants. Which, so like reading those issues again, I didn't understand a lot of it. Like I didn't, like I didn't even understand that the purple haired woman and that was the same Asian woman from. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who could, it. what, who could understand that? Like, it doesn't make sense no, then, it doesn't make sense now. No Plus, and, and all the mutants doesn't make sense no matter no, how many times you but, read it. But also like, don't even get me started on like, so when Betsy went to the armor look, like I had no idea who that character was. <laughs> None. I was like, who, who is this? Girl, and, she didn't even go here. Yeah, and it was way before like Google or Wikipedia. Like I mm. couldn't just like figure Kids, that out. They or, don't know how easy they have it that they can just wiki or Google a character. Or 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 for you know a huge website to me was it was, that opened uh, that started in two thousand was UncannyXMen.net. Oh, yeah, exactly. I have read that entire website probably four times, which is why. Hey. I have like nonsense knowledge of. Same. And I want to give a shout out to uncannyxmen.net because we've been reading it, you know, for 15 years. Constantly. Constantly. And we still refer to them. They're much better than Wikipedia. So listener, go to uncannyxmen.net. I, I used to be huge on the forums on, on, on UXN. Um, UXN because I'm like in the know. <laughs> um, but no, so I have a group of friends. Uh, there's uh, three other three other guys that we met in those forums and we've had a group chat for like 10 years. Uh, and we still talk, again, I, I mentioned it 
you know, before we started recording, but my friends, uh, Luke, Daniel, and Evan, like we've been talking for a long time. It took me a long time to start calling them by like their real names. <laughs> like for a while, I would still call them by like their screen names. And um, like, you know, I, we we're supposed to go out at the beginning, uh, you know, before quarantine happened, we were supposed to go out for Luke's wedding um, in London. So um, anyway, UXN is an amazing site. The people there are really nice and fair. Like they're also really good about like when people are shitty being like, bye, you gotta go. Like. Girl, um, bye. Well, wait, wait, speaking of like, you gotta go, who's uh-huh. your least favorite X-Man? So my least favorite. And so like, you know, a lot of people are like, wanna start controversies and like say like big name characters. I don't like my actual least favorite is Omerta, uh, Polly Provenzano. There is literally no point to that character whatsoever. <laughs> like he was put there to be a problem for North Star, and it's just like we don't need a homophobic mutant. I'm sorry. No, we no, not at all. And um, eventually, he like died, like barely on panel, and like never landed. And I'm like, bye. No one needed you here to begin with. Um, so he's like my least favorite, as in like I don't like the character. I think he just he's also like vague super strength. Pfft, girl, we're covered. We don't need him. Um, so, like, I don't need all of that. I doubt he's even in, like, the resurrection protocols. Like, you know what no. I mean? Like, like, no Honestly, if you hadn't reminded me he existed, <laughs> I wouldn't even know. But fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck his homophobic yeah. ass. So, like, so like th- that's, like, my real, true, honest, like, do not care for it. Does not ever need to be mentioned again. But, like, you know, people always want to be like, oh, let's name, like, characters. So, like, my least favorite, like, character that I think is super overblown and though I still love him and understand his character, I really don't like Wolverine. Mm. Like, I like Wolverine and I want to like Wolverine more, but yeah. he's just everywhere. He's everywhere. I, and I, I, I've come to like Wolverine a lot more for his stories that we've uh-huh. been getting. I agree about the overexposure. I do now, now that I'm an adult person, I, I do understand from an editorial perspective why they would have had that character in multiple books. And, well, of, and of course, like, I get it. A gravy train. I, but yeah, when I was a fan growing up, I was like, no more Wolverine. Yeah, like, I, I get it. I, so like, Wolverine's like my old, so like, when we were younger and me and my brothers, you know, were playing with our X-Men toys. I, of course, had Storm, because um, she was the only one. Yes. Of course. <laughs> um. Uh, but like my my oldest brother's favorite was Wolverine, always has been. My next older brother was Cyclops because that he's he's even though he's the second oldest, he's always been sort of like the natural leader of like the four of us. And then I was always the girl. Like even so, like even when we played, same. same. Um, when we played like Star Wars, like uh, my oldest brother was um, Han Solo. My next brother was Luke, and then I was Leia. Yes. Then, uh... But then like my little brother. So my little brother. I, I still call my little brother. He's still like 30 years old. Um, <laughs> but he's just always like played along. Like he's never been interested in like any kind of like, p- like role play like that. Like he was never really into like playing GI Joes or playing with that kind of stuff. But he was just always like the other ones, whichever one was around. So like um, he, he, like when we played the um, video game, he was like uh, Colossus. So he was, so it was like Colossus or Nightcrawler or, you know, like who, whoever, like the other one was. I think in that first line of X toys, he also had Archangel, and so like that was like his thing for a while. But no, yeah. So like, so my two oldest brothers was Wolverine, Cyclops, me. So again, at the time, Storm. But I was like, I need Dazzler. I need Kitty. <laughs> I need Rachel. I'm, I'm like, I'll even take Jean. Like, I'll take. Oh! <laughs> But You'll no, but, settle. You'll but, settle for Jean. But I love no, I love Jean. Like I really She's do. all right. Um uh, I do <laughs> love Jean. But um, but yeah, like again at the time it's like all I had was all I, all I had was some and then of course, you know, I had to be like, oh yeah, I like Nightcrawler. Even though I do I mean I do like Nightcrawler, but it's like sure, I'll be I mean Excalibur, you have to like Nightcrawler. So I've honestly yet to truly find someone who dislikes Nightcrawler. Like who like actively is like, I don't like Nightcrawler. It's like but I'll tell you, I, I, I'm a huge Excalibur fan. So Mm -hmm. obviously I like Nightcrawler, Uh like no problems with him, but I will say I, what I, I didn't miss him when he was dead. So here's the thing. When he died in second coming, I thought that was like a great noble sacrifice. Was I devastated? Absolutely. But that's why you kill a character like Nightcrawler. Because people don't actively dislike him. 
Yeah, but it was a death based off of faith. He had faith yeah. that hope was the second coming yeah. of the Eden race. And that's well, and, and, and he is a man of faith. And then, you know, and then we realized what a waste of time that was. Oh, uh, well, I mean, don't even get me started on Hope Summers with her red hair and green eyes. First of all, the Phoenix don't, I don't know if you're ready for the sheer amount of Phoenix fire that I have for Hope fucking Summers. Oh, oh I, so so I, yeah. Omerta Hope Summers is like maybe like a step or two just above that, and it's <laughs> and it's only because I had such faith in like the plan for Hope, and that they had like this whole thing planned out, and that it was gonna it was gonna have this huge payoff, and it was gonna be so great, and she was and she was either gonna be Jean reincarnated, or she was gonna be like some like phoenix born child and that's just why she looked like the rest of them like you know what i mean like that's i was like there's got to be some reason nope well i was i was working at wizard magazine at the time <laughs> that story came out and i yeah i love wizard so much Rest i actually in peace, gave an wizard. interview about oh. it um but the original plan for hope the messiah baby was that it was going to be gene gray reincarnated which is in the script where cyclops it's mentioned Cyclops understands who the baby really is and mm-hmm. what wants to go. So the allegory was going to be that he raises her in the way that Slim and Red raised yeah. in the future. And the locket, of course, obviously editorial changed a little bit and I'm like all angry about it. But wait, I, I want to, I, before we, we continue going on further, I'm thinking about being a little, a little day spring on the, on the school grounds. And I always wanted to be the girl as well. And seeing you now, I'm just like, God, you're so fucking fabulous. What, so what is the difference between cosplaying and dragging? And that's something we've talked about. And I'm not, I, I don't know too much about the difference. So RuPaul got it right. You're born naked and the rest is drag. Like drag is drag is drag is drag is drag is drag. Like, how, how we present ourselves to the world is drag, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, there isn't a huge difference between cosplay and drag. So when people say that, you know, I'm a drag cosplayer, I'm like, yeah, sure, but I'm just a cosplayer. I just happen to always do female characters, even though in like my everyday life, I don't look like this. <laughs> uh, because you don't go to the supermarket looking like this? First, Okay, sorry, you just, you, you, you stepped right into this tangent, so I apologize. So, <laughs> one of my, hold on, one of my idols, sorry, I had to go off camera, but one of my idols is Joan Crawford. <gasps> <laughs> um, so, Joan Crawford was uh, made fun of a lot in the press for always being like full face, full hair, full nonsense. And in an interview, when asked about that, she said, well, if I can't be myself, I don't want to be anybody. I was born that way. <laughs> if you want the girl next door, then go next door. Right. So I have that quote tattooed on my hip <laughs> in Joan Crawford's handwriting. I didn't. I didn't get the go next. The the girl next door, go next door part. But the if I can't be me, I don't want to be anybody. I was born that way. Um, I love that. So like you just walked right into that. It's like I literally one, one of my favorite quotes. That's so beautiful. But, um, but like. It, this is exhausting <laughs> every day, but, um, but yeah, so to me, like, there's no like real difference. Like cosplay is cosplay. Like people the, the only like real difference to me is that there is an actual reference that I'm making in cosplay instead of just when I'm like throwing a drag look together. Usually I'm still like doing some kind of reference or, um, you know, wanting to look like something in particular when I, you know, w- when I do drag, um, Dak says that my drag aesthetic outside of cosplay is like flamingos on fire because I just love color. Like I've just like put all the color on my face. I want like big colorful wig. I want the co- you know most colorful nonsense. Um, but uh, but yeah. So like in cosplay, like I'm doing like a reference. But to me, it's it's all the same. Um, so like I w- like to me, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily like call myself a drag cosplayer unless like that was kind of the. Cause like I've been interviewed before about like being a drag queen who cosplays. So, I, I mean, there, there are tons of drag queens who cosplay. In fact, today, if you go to my Twitter, um, a dear uh, online friend of mine, Tay Bobo just posted an image being like uh, into the Wandaverse and did a picture of me, Dax and her drag mother, Scarlet Bobo from, um, 
Drag, Drag Race, Race Canada. Um, and Kixie, Kixie Vixen, who is a San Diego queen, who's also a drag queen who cosplays, she uh, commented with her picture as Wanda being like, I want Anne. And I'm like, yes, girl, all the Wandas unite. Yeah, like, don't like, you Wanda, don't you Wanda? <laughs> uh, well, it was, just, it was just funny that Tay did that picture, like did that post today on Twitter. And I was like, girl, you know, I'm like literally getting into Wanda drag right now. Like, like right this minute. Like, like right I'm literally painting minute. my face right now. And she, she was like, I'm a witch too. And I was like, I know. And Tay is like obsessed with the 90s. So I'm like, girl, you've got to do like that crazy, stupid 90s dress that Wanda. Oh my wore. God, yes. <laughs> that they put on the Iron Man cartoon. Yes. I love that Wanda dress. Stop it. I love, I mean, listen, I love it. I love, I love, I love it. Wanda so it, I, it was years before I even realized that that was supposed to be the same character as as Wanda with her, her headpiece and cape. I was like- well, Hello, welcome to my journey with Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 welcome. And that terrible Eurotrash accent that they gave her on that cartoon. <sighs> the oh, awful. The so bad. Still, so, so still bad. not as bad as that Avengers United cartoon that came out a few years later. That <sighs> cartoon was trash. Well, and you know, the Leewalds actually wrote an episode for it. Oh, really? And they, they tried their best, but it's it was a bad production. So, but my, so um, Dax and I watched that maybe a year or so ago. We like binged the whole thing. So the only like really good and amazing thing that came out of that is their space and underwater suits. Cause obviously it was all about like the action figures. Yes. So they're like, you know, doing like all the different looks. Wanda's totally has her tiara on like, the spacesuit, <laughs> and Tigress has ears. I was gonna say, any any Avengers <laughs> animated show that tried to incorporate Tigra, I'm not gonna be too mad at. I'm not gonna with be too Rogue's mad. voice, by the way. With yeah, Rogue's whose voice, voice was um uh was Rogue. Lenore Zahn, is that her last name? Yeah, Zahn. Um, but uh, but yeah, so like we watched that, and uh, so like it came to like the scuba. And Tiger, of course, is freaking out because she's claustrophobic because she's a cat and she hates water. Right. And she's in the scuba suit with cat ears and Dax is like, so that's what I need that. Like, <laughs> Namor was delicious in that episode. I, <laughs> I love Namor. And he and was that, all into Wanda. He was really yeah. in the comics. Or I don't think it's, it's not, it's definitely not in the comics. No. no. Well, she was just a woman and, <laughs> in, the, in the show. And so Namor is a giant slut. Um... He is. He is, isn't he? Oh, he uh, is. He's, he's, he's is. almost as bad as Tony. Almost. <laughs> or Wolverine. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about Wolverine. We're going to talk about Wolverine. Right, I was going to say, so before we get too off on the Avengers, because, man, who cares? Uh, let's swing this back over to the X-Men. Uh, and Dayspring, I hope you brought your library card because the library is open. <laughs> Whoa! Rachel Summers is messing with the time stream again and has sent me back in time to properly explain the rules for those of you not seeing this on YouTube or even familiar with the concept of the library being open. Basically, we are showing demand of photos of the X-Men and asking her to be shady and read them to filth. Yep, that's all. And now... Rachel is sending me back. I feel like I should go get my my new rhinestone reading glasses. Oh my god! If you get them, if you got them. All right, Amanda. Here is a beefcake Wolverine in tight little speedos with some hot dogs. <laughs> so you know you're a horrible father when you're all of your long forgotten biological children band together as a supervillain team to not only kill you but to destroy everything you hold dear. Yes. Oh my God, yes. Drag him. All right, next one. Cyclops. Does growing up without any female figure make you want to be dominated by them? If so, Cyclops was right. <laughs> North Star. The haughty twin speedster thing with the mentally ill sister has already been done. Ooh. Oh my God, burn. Okay. Next one. Darkvale, vale, a.k.a. Shade. Changing your name for legal reasons is so 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, for those of you who don't know, 
Uh, Dax exclamation point as Dark Vale has just is the first drag queen on the cover of a comic book. Yes, uh, yes, we for, actually for uh, getting it together. We discussed that. That's amazing. It's incredible. We're we're big fans of of both of them. So you know, I got my order in, girl. Yeah, and, and listeners, we interviewed Cena Grace where he gave us a heads up on that, and that episode's live right now. All right, next one. I don't know what you can say about this goddess. What can you say about Jean Grey? Stay dead next time. Yes! Oh! Eva! No! Dead oh, right God. Okay. I'm a little scared about the next one. Dazzler. She's so hidden in the current Dawn of X books that even Kylie Minogue isn't worried about copyright infringement. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Now I now what do you make of this particular image? Do you, do you like this costume? Do you like Terry Dodson? So I so I, I like the Dodsons. I did not care for it like this era. So I did like this era. Um, I do eventually want this suit because I need all of Dazzlers. All of them. You need I a need star crotch. So you know, I I liked this one, but before it turned yellow. I agree with that, and I picked this specific image, Flink, because. Dazzler is your favorite and you love the Dodsons. And it's true. I do. I do love, I love Dazzler and I love the Dodsons. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I liked this look more in theory. Like there was a lot to like about it, but it so, wasn't. I didn't like this look when Greg Land. Oh, definitely not. Big problem. It, it was pervy and problematic when um, Greg Land did Like that. he also like, it, there, so there's the issue where Dazzler and Northstar are like out at like having dinner or whatever. And they get called in to, to be, she's like, Northstar, we are the X-Men, like, let's go. <laughs> you can totally tell that he used like a Pamela Anderson reference. And I'm yes. like, and I'm like, Dazzler does not look like Pamela Anderson. No, never like, in a million years. She looks like, like Kylie Minogue. Yes, like Pamela Anderson is still gorgeous. Like I used to love watching VIP, don't get it twisted. Oh my God, of course. But Dazzler doesn't look like her. But no. Danita, I wanted to just say something really quickly about what you were talking about with the um, with this era not being as bad. I love that the X-Men were in San Francisco because it was a very dark time. They were on the verge of extinction and mm -hmm. these stories were fun. In that interim between like Second Coming and AVX, it was fun to see them. I, I love the Utopia era. So that was um, one of the, like one of the times in my life where I was like actively on driving on my way home from work, stopping at the comic book store and picking up anything X related. Yeah. Um, I, so I have like the, like anything X-Men, New Mutants, all like all of those things. So I have like the like weird vampire series that happened yeah. at the time, like all of that stuff. Like another, another really great quote that I love of this era is, and also drawn by the Dotsons is when um, Storm goes into Emma's mind and they're just like, and, and Storm's like, oh, are we just playing fashion in here? And, <laughs> and Emma says something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing, but she's like, I don't know. I'm just here. I'm just here waiting to be assigned minions. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like she's like, okay. I, 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 she's like, I just came here for like the shoes. Um, Listen, I, the Utopia era for me, it, it, it just, it never lived up to its own hype. You know what I mean? It had a great setup. It had a great idea where it was supposed to be like a revolving cast and I, that was like the first time they had ever really attempted that rather than like spreading them acro across like six different mm -hmm. books and I just I don't think they ever nailed it you know no, because and, and here's and here's the thing and uh it sort of like ties into um uh me and me and my my roommate right now we're uh we just finished watching the Selena series on Netflix and like it goes to show that like when you when you're writing something and when you pitch something and when you're creating something like you have every intention to do this and you're like this is what i want to do and and the editorial's like yeah i'm right behind you like we're here for it but then when they see what's selling and what's not selling or even when you guys were talking about um you know the animated series and kitty pride didn't work in part of the x-men so obviously we can't have kitty pride in the animated series like it's like oh no she doesn't work and it's like it's not that she doesn't work just that particular thing didn't work. So anyway, so they probably had every intention to do like these revolving casts and like all of this stuff, but then editorial was like, no, that's not gonna sell. We need to keep these people because people people are reading this right now. It's like, yeah, they're reading this right now because they want to read something different. 
Yeah. Coming well, up, but I just wish editorial would stick to their guns with things. And totally. like, that's when we see, yeah. Anyways, look, we can go on about that, but I, I know we haven't even finished this part. Speaking, God, I mean, speaking of Storm and Emma's mind, Storm. The only thing longer than her hair is her list of failed relationships. <laughs> so I'm probably going to get murdered for saying that by uh, my dear, dear friend, Dex exclamation point. So the library is closed. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. But yeah, so no, I, I do love Storm. So I'm also, because, um, you know, when I like first kind of got into, like reading reading the comics regularly, not reading the comics, but like reading it regularly where I'd, like every Saturday we would go to the comic book store and I would like, you know, use my, at the time, two whole dollars to get a comic. Um, those were the days. Those were the days. Um but yeah, like I loved Storm and Forge together. I did too. Yes. I that that is her best relationship. And the, and like that issue where she's where she where he leaves and she's like, I was gonna say yes. Oh my with, god! With her, with her high ponytail. Oh yeah. I love oh. With the high pony. First of all, Storm and a high pony is the best Storm. You can. Well, you can so it's so funny. We talked to the Leewalds about this, and they were like, Oh. Well, you know, you can put Jean in a ponytail because she's a girl next door, but it doesn't make sense for Storm. And literally when the community heard this interview, they're like, no, Storm had a high pony in episode blah, blah, blah. And in the comics as well. Yeah. So yeah, eventually they put her in a high pony for for like a few episodes. Yeah. Um, and listen, the she uttered her arguably because she had some good ones but arguably her most iconic line on the whole series when she had that high pony oh, you're, you're excited so you get to I, I was talking over you i'm gonna need you to do that again please demanda can you do it one more time for us i shall meet you at the monorail yes oh, oh my god i i really i really want to talk to the woman who who voice storm to be like how Oh, you made it so iconic. That's some nonsense that you had to say. I don't know what her speaking voice sounds like. Like, how out of her regular is is that? I shall be swiping my subway card right now. (laughs) Can you imagine her in everyday life? All right, listeners. Thank you for joining us for part one of our very special WandaVision Variety Hour. I know talk of Wanda felt a bit scarce, but it's because Demanda has such incredible energy, it's impossible not to talk to her about the other X-Men, Dragon Con, and listening to her read our favorite X-Men to filth. Join us for part two this Thursday, the day before WandaVision airs, where we'll do a deep dive into Wanda's history, our reasons for and against her, as well as our hopes for WandaVision. Until then, feel free to email us at generationsofx at gmail.com with your thoughts about Wanda or anything X-Men related. (laughs) 